0: Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Start a global hospitality brand? Be next to do it in Montgomery County, Maryland. Visit benext.thinkMOCO.com to see how our top talent, diversity, and location will help you be the next company to change the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell, and you're listening to BBR Investigations. As the clocks chime and the world turns, we head for another year around the sun. So, I wanted to bring you some of the cases that came into BBR that have been worked on by cryptid and paranormal investigators throughout 2021 and 2022. Our first case takes us to Kent, and an investigation team that I came across when I was contacted by one of them after I released a report that took place close to the river Medway. Many of you will know that as Derek's report. Jay wanted to look into the case and check out the local area as he's a BBR investigator. He and his investigation team went out to the area and scouted around for any possible signs, um, prints, tree signs, anything really that stood out. Here is the report in Jay's own words. Jay said, when I was out in the field investigating a case close to the river Medway, both myself and my research partner heard some strange vocals that I struggled to identify. I felt like I heard the sounds first from across the valley, about a mile or so away. But at that moment when I heard it, I thought I'd possibly misheard a car engine or something like that. I listened. everything was silent. Then, after a few moments went by of general chit-chat, me and my research partner both heard something that stopped us in our conversation. We both heard a cry that sounded like a dog in distress. The dog sounded like it was being extremely aggressive and you could hear it over the valley. In the same part of the valley, I thought I'd heard something moments earlier then. In what sounded like an instant response to the dog's barking, there came this deep, bellowing, human-like howl that echoed across the valley and the neighbouring forests. I heard nature respond all around us, confirming this unidentifiable noise. The horses and birds, the stone throw away from us, started making their calls in a brief frenzy. That dog barked again and the howl bellowed. Standing there in disbelief, we knew that we were listening to some sort of encounter between a dog and something else. This sound was incredibly deep and it must have required an enormous amount of force as it didn't just carry across the forest but it bellowed through us. The dog stopped barking and we heard the deep howl fill the forest one last time and the woods became silent again. This was and is the first time I have heard anything like that in the woods. Me and my research partner both looked at each other and we knew we would witnessed something of significance. We began to pack up the car and go towards the sound. We saw an odd tree structure by the road and we noticed the beautiful scenery before heading back home. But all of the night and the next morning that howl filled my dreams. And my moments of the day were filled with a mixture of mystery and excitement. It's an experience that will stick with me. I tried to record it in the moment, but I was so wrapped up in the experience, I didn't get my phone out in time. We spoke to a couple who lived down the road from where we heard the howls, and the lady mentioned howling that she couldn't identify. But her husband came marching out and said it was down to the owls and I felt like he completely interrupted her. Her energy was open to explore but as he closed down the conversation it felt instinctively like a red flag. That was a crazy experience and it was after this I knew that it was time to start searching for more answers. The search has taken me from southern England up to Wales and on a recent investigation in the screaming woods of Pluckley, I was with two other investigators and things became very strange. Jay went on to explain, During an investigation at Pluckley Woods, I was out with other investigators and all three of us had a really strange experience. Even to this day, I feel like my mind wants to blank out what I saw. The fact that I was with two close friends makes it that much harder to forget because we all saw it. After a few weeks of researching a new location to go look it, we decided to go to the Screaming Woods of Pluckley. We left about 5am, got there just after 6 We geared up, made our way through the forest. We picked up signs and followed a deer into the more remote parts of the forest, where we had encountered what we believed to be a potential tree structure. We also found footprints in and around this structure and they were the same size as my friend's size 13 boots. We checked and there were no dog tracks around and we were off the main path hidden away in a thick brush which made me feel like the prints were unlikely to be human. After our morning of discovery we decided to move on and see what else we could find. We discussed keeping our energy open to not only potential local Bigfoot populations but also anything else that wished to interact with us. As explorers of the unknown, we feel and felt that we could be read from different perspectives and it is important for us to come in open and intentional if we want a positive contact. As we walked on to where the forest greeted some farmland, we were on the edge of the tree line and we could see across the other side of the forest adjacent to our position And it's here where I will never forget what I saw. Time stood still for me as I watched this black bipedal creature with almost a silver shine to its coat emerge from the other side of the farmland. It was small, it was no more than three feet tall and it had skinny arms and legs and it seemed to be curious in us as we were to it. I was in front of my two friends I had a clear view of this being and I watched it emerge and sway back and forth cautiously. I could see the expression of wonder on its face and it looked friendly in nature. We were all in total shock. Before I could say, can you guys see this? I looked behind me and I could see both of my friends staring beyond me at the small black thing. One of my friend's eyes was streaming with water and the other's mouth hit the floor. It was at this moment I could see it was real. It was there and it wasn't a trick of the light. It wasn't a projection of thought, but a being we were all experiencing at exactly the same time, in total silence. Later, after this had happened and we had time to talk and think, we went back and forth between ourselves as to what we believed it to be. We have no idea to this day what it was. But we all know one thing is certain, and that is that we saw it. We saw it in the light of day. We looked in its eyes, and we knew it was looking back at us. Jay got his friends to write down their accounts as well. So his first friend is Spen, and he says, Just to paint a picture for all who will read this, I am by no means used to experiences of the unknown, and I would confidently say I am new to it all. But I'm now 1,000% invested, and I believe. I have also never written any text involving an account of this sort, so I'm not really sure what to put. So to get to the point, myself and a few friends were hiking in these woods on our first sort of big foot walk in the area, which basically meant we were just wanted to walk the woods, talk about life, and see if we heard or saw anything interesting. After a while walking, we stumbled upon a pond which looked amazing. It sent me into memories of the Yellowstone Park documentaries you get on the TV here in the UK. In the distance, on the other side of the pond, we saw a deer, which got startled by something and it ran off. So we followed it. We were led down into this piece of land that had fewer trees and less branches than before. It was more barren. It looked like something or someone walked through there pretty often. Walking further in. We felt a sense that we were somewhat shouldn't be there. We felt unwelcome. We found some large footprints bigger than my size 12s, and we then made our way to what looked like an open field that was closed in by a row of trees panning around it, creating a claustrophobic feel. We stopped for a moment to joke about how a football stadium could be placed in here perfectly due to the sheer size of the flat land. I looked at my friend after laughing, and he was staring off into the distance, no longer replying to what I said. He seemed shocked and scared, so I then looked in the direction that he was looking. And what we saw, I will never forget or be willing to be told it was anything other than what I saw. It was on two legs, it was extremely short, and it had a grey or silver tint to it. Its head, resembled a creature you see in video games like Skyrim or The Witcher. All three of us were staring, stood frozen at this creature and we knew nothing about. Then it seemed to just effortlessly disappear into the brush. We didn't speak a word, only gathered ourselves and ran to the other side of the patch of land. We found the identical spot where we saw it, but nothing was there. Even the large leafy branch that it was using to hide some of its face was gone. We took a short break made our way back to the car and drove home. It took us a good week or so to properly speak about what we saw. Now Jay's next investigation partner said, To this day, I'll never forget what I witnessed in that forest. I sat out on an adventure with two of my friends. So we drove to the screaming woods of Blockly to try and find any evidence of Bigfoot living in that area or in the UK. However, our energy was also open to finding evidence or seeing something else that we wouldn't expect, whether that be paranormal or supernatural. That is exactly what happened. We spent most of the morning looking at potential sites for say, a big population. Could they- Leftovers? Or the DMV, Number 97. or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodwork gravity, a lot of T plus terms and like conditions apply. See website for details. The leftovers. Or the DMV, Number 97. or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodward gravity.com. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We live here. Was there enough land and resource? We saw a lot of footprints and documented any structures built we believed could be signs of a local population. After attempting several tree knocks and feeling happy with the evidence collected on this particular area, we decided to head further into the forests. Probably after five or ten minutes, we came to the edge of the forest and in front of us was green farmland and bordered behind that was a wall of trees, marking another phase of the forest. For some reason, at that same time, all of our energy was drawn across that farmland to the wall of trees. And then I heard someone shout, what's that? Followed by, oh my God. And I was very quickly in shock as I couldn't believe what I just witnessed. Still, to this day, I don't know how to describe what it was, but I knew what I saw was not something I would seen before. It was small like an infant, and he had brown dark fur with distinct ears. It popped up behind a bush in a playful, intriguing manner. As soon as I saw it, it disappeared back behind the small bush. I looked at my friends, who were all equally in shock. And we all knew that we'd just witnessed the same animal. It wasn't a bear, a squirrel, a rodent, a fox, or anything like that. This was something completely new. And it almost felt to me like it wasn't from this world. And as I said before, I struggled to describe what it was. But the feeling it gave me was looking at something that I knew was beyond my current comprehension or understanding of animals that live in the forest. The guys have still not found an answer as to what they saw that day or if the howling was heard by any local people. They plan to go back and collect as much data as possible over the next season as the woods start to come back to life again in spring. Pluckley whose correct name is Daring Woods has a reputation all of its own. It's not called the Screaming Woods for no reason. The village of Pluckley is in the Guinness Book of Records and it's said to be the most haunted village in Britain. It has around 12 or 14 ghosts depending on who you ask. Some of them are the spectre of a highwayman that is hid in a tree at the pinnock. A phantom coach and horses is often seen in several locations around the village. The ghost of a gypsy woman who said was drowned in a stream is also seen at the Pinnock. The miller has been seen at Mill Hill and the hanging body of schoolmaster was seen in Buss's Lane. A colonel who hanged himself can be seen in Parkwood and a man smothered by a wall of clay drowned at the brickworks. There is also the lady of Rose Court who is said to have poisoned himself in despair over a love triangle. The white lady, a young woman apparently buried inside seven coffins and an oak sarcophagus is said to haunt St Nicholas's church. And then we have the red lady, a member of the Daring family who it said haunts the churchyard of St Nicholas's church also and she is seen with a small white dog that can also be seen in the area. As I say, Daring Woods is a well-known place. It was even mentioned in the Doomsday Book. Stating that whilst the village of Pluckley was growing, residents were moving closer to the forest. Until the 14th century, the area's population was then decimated by the Black Death. However, the most terrifying stories about this woodland are not the historical ones, more the modern ones, and they don't involve ghosts but disturbingly unexplained deaths, mergers and disappearances that allegedly occurred here during the latter half of the 20th century. Pluckley has a report that is astounding, and it smacks of a cover-up. Do you remember the recent story from the US where a family was found dead after a hike and the authorities could find no reason for that death? That case was discussed worldwide on every media outlet. Yet yeah, a similar case here in England where 20 people were found dead in unusual circumstances was filed away in a drawer and never shown the light again. I was astounded when I heard the next story and a dog walker discovered the bodies of over 20 people lying in piles amongst the leaf litter on All Hallows Eve in 1948. 20 people were from a nearby community on Maltman's Hill and they were in the woods. The group included 11 children. Strange lights were seen coming from the forest that evening and it was the next morning, the 1st of November, when their dead bodies were discovered piled up amongst the trees. Post-mortem examinations found no cause for the deaths. Police were heavily criticised when investigations stopped and the deaths were explained away as carbon monoxide poisoning. Although I am no scientist, I fail to understand how you can die from lack of oxygen in an open woodland setting amongst trees. In 1964, a private investigator by the name of Robert Collins conducted interviews with witnesses trying to uncover clues as to what happened on that fateful night. Unfortunately, the investigation that Robert Collins was carrying out came to an abrupt end, when he was tragically killed in a mysterious car accident the following year. Fifty years later, on the thirty first of august nineteen ninety eight, four students ventured into the woods after seeing strange spider webbed shaped lights that were also seen by some of the villagers. The students were never seen again, and the police abandoned the search after four weeks the fact that the police closed this investigation so quickly and without any evidence of the cause of death from any autopsy reports really does raise a lot of questions. And it's understandable that some local residents started to believe that the authorities were trying to cover up what had happened. or were even somehow involved in it. Could it have been imprasound? Was that the cause of their death? This can be achieved by cryptids, technology on earth and elsewhere, strange weaponry, big cats. I find it unusual that these cases are not more well published. In 2013, I was contacted by a man who'd had an experience the previous summer when he was in Pluckley Woods and he also heard wood knocks and howls just as Jay and the investigators had. And he contacted me and he said, It was summer when this happened Deb but the weather was foggy, I would made the connection between the screaming woods of Pluckler and some possible Bigfoot activity after a number of strange finds and as far as I know there hadn't been an investigation there with that focus in mind that I am aware of, people normally go in there for paranormal reports. So I went there to try wood knocking and do some call sounding to provoke a response I'd just scream and whoop. And from the wood knocking, I definitely got replies, at least two to three clear knocks back in answer. From the call sounding, I may have got a reply, but it could also have been another person just screaming back at me. I had my mother with me at the time, but when I didn't hear anything. Mum heard grunting. But she said she heard it more the deeper we went into the forest. I have gone back twice, this time with cameras and recording equipment. The second time I got a wood knock again but they were too far away, too faint to be really picked up clearly. The third time I went to Pluckler I got absolutely nothing at all. Now, A local legend says that the screams and howls which emerged from the woodland belonged to those who became lost and died alone amongst the trees. Reports of strange dancing figures. Growls and howls are also reported at Pluckley, along with the screams. Many people report ghost lights and lights that move deeper through the trees, leaving them disoriented or completely turned around. Now, it would not surprise me in the least if someone listening tonight has experienced a time loss situation or an experience they struggle to explain in the woods and the surrounding areas. Our next case tonight was reported to me by a quarry worker. As many regular listeners will know, quarries and strange experiences seem to go hand in hand. Now, this report came into me on the 16th of December 2022, so very recently, and it was reported by a man who works at a local quarry. He said, I work at a quarry in Leicestershire, my name's Adam. And at work the other day, myself and a colleague had an odd experience during the morning. We went to check out one of the big pumps down one of the old dug holes. And when we got there, it was about 4am. Although this is routine, that day we were an hour early, as you would normally arrive about 5am. It was pitch black down there and we had trouble starting the pump. But eventually we got it started. So we spent a lot longer down there than we normally would. A usual day we would do a quick 2 minute check and then got on to our next job. Everything was pretty quiet but while we were down there we could hear something climbing up the buns and the buns are rocky embankments and they are situated at the edge of the quarry. We just thought it was a monk jack day jumping around out there. All the while we were trying to start the pump we could hear small stones being tossed around us. They weren't thrown violently; more like you throw when you chuck someone the keys. We heard at least five or six stones land near us, and then we heard something moving around on one of the buns again. And this happened about six times, and until we got to the pump station, and then we got back in the four before. Now it was too dark to see anything out there and the head torch we had on our helmets was not a lot of use for seeing out into the distance so we couldn't make anything out. It was just a strange experience. One interesting thing to note is that close to the quarry there is a Roman burial site. Now as this time of year rolls in I do get strange reports like this and one came in in 2019 and I received that from a man who was parked up near a quarry in the Derbyshire area of the UK and he said 3 years ago I had an experience I can't explain. I was driving down Robin Hood Lane which lies between Holloway and Watson in Derbyshire. I was returning after finishing up taking some photos of derelict buildings and that's what I do. I packed up and as I came down the lane which is narrow I was going at a moderate speed and I realised there appeared to be a human looking figure standing just on the edge of the road and the wood. As soon as I saw it I stopped the car about 10 feet away from where it had walked. It didn't run, it just walked across the lane in front of the car. Wherever it was it stood around 7 feet tall, perhaps maybe a little taller. I was gauging this as I had to bend down in the car to look out through the windscreen at it. It was covered in dark brown hair. It had a stump for a neck, broad shoulders and it was slightly bent at the knees and as it walked it walked strangely. I am sure it was a male but to be honest I wasn't looking directly at it as I was so shocked that I saw it in the first place. Its face looked slightly like a human face with a flat nose and thick lips and small ears. The creature walked across the lane in front of my car and carried on walking up towards the old stone quarry. I gave it 15 minutes to move off and away from me I got out of the car. I'd got out for a cig to be honest and some fresh air. I was pretty confused, shaken up. I looked around on the wet ground and there was no footprints. Not one anywhere on the ground. I'm sure what I saw and I'm not someone who imagines things. The place is close to a canal, a railway line and the river Derwent, it's good habitat. Plenty of woods and fields. The quarries and the clay pit quarry, where tonight's experience happened, are in areas that are hot spots for cryptids and unexplained reports. I am unsure why this is, or what the draw to a quarry is. I have taken reports of creatures and other beings close to or within quarries from many areas in the UK, in Scotland, also during December. A creature was seen and reported very close to the area where Charmaine Fraser saw a hairy upright creature examining a tree when she was 8 years old and she was staying at her grandparents farm in Carmelee. Behind the farm there is an old quarry and this is where our latest witness in the area saw in 2017 a single footprint that was found in the middle of the snow and they also saw a creature behind the edge. A creature described as a robotic dogman was seen close to a quarry by a family in the Doncaster area. That happened back in Feb 2021. The driver described the creature as very robotic in appearance and he said, I was in the car with my partner and family making an ordinary journey home and then from nowhere as we were approaching the quarry this thing jumped across the road just in front of us. Its jump was quite high and I had to slam the brakes on to avoid hitting it. It was massive and hard to describe, I saw its back legs as it landed and it looked like a massive dog. The driver couldn't believe what had happened so they got out of the car to have a look where this thing went but then got straight back into the car because they felt an overwhelming feeling of fear. For days afterwards they were thinking about the incident, googling. Trying to see if there had been any wolf encounters in the area, and this thing headed off into the wood line. There's also a case in Yorkshire where two boys were confronted by an entity of some kind when they sneaked into a quarry in the teens. The boys were at Niners Quarry in Paw, and when they encountered an impossible being, they didn't really know what to do. One of the men shared their experience in detail with me, and I'm very grateful that he did. The witness still struggles with the experience that happened to him. He's still out there searching for answers. I hope he finds them. I have the hope for everyone I meet. Luckily, Christian was okay with me sharing his story with you all. This happened back in 1989. Christian said, Deb, this happened to me back in '89 when myself and my friend Lee decided to pay a visit to a creepy quarry late one night. Niner's quarry as it's known locally has a reputation for being haunted and being quite young at the time it was a sort of dare to go late at night and see how long you could last. We arrived at the Broomhillside main entrance about midnight and as we walked along the main path we noticed a small fire burning to our left. There didn't seem to be anyone attending to that fire, there was no one around. We sat for a second wondering what to do, not really wanting to go home yet so we decided to walk up onto the ridge on the north boundary. The quarry floor was below us about 30 or 40 foot down, and we could see most of the quarry from this vantage point. As I'm about to turn to Lee, you were standing beside me when a sudden noise from below caught our attention. The quarry floor was limestone, so anything down there moving made a noise that stood out quite well. The noise we heard, was loose limestone being disturbed as something moved very quickly from about level with us to our extreme left? All I can say is it was a figure of someone. I believe it had been hiding behind a large slab of rock out of our viewpoint, watching us arrive. It was mesmerizing to watch this thing. The few brief seconds it was in view, the speed was incredible like an Olympic sprinter, but yet the noise it made was minimal. None of its features could be made out. It was almost like a shadow, just a dark figure moving quickly across the rock and shale. It disappeared to our left, and our view obscured by the ridge itself, and it couldn't be heard anymore. We stood in silence and slowly turned to face each other. Lee was mouthing the word, what? But he didn't get any further as he turned to face where this thing had disappeared. Then the noise started again loose limestone being disturbed by movement, and it was getting louder and closer. And it was using the cover of the rock face to approach us unseen. It happened very quickly, as suddenly the noise stopped directly beneath us, and the whole place went silent. We didn't have any time to react and we'll never forget the next sound we heard. Below us was a grassy, steep sloping bank which gave way to a sheer limestone rock face about thirty foot high. And we could hear the sound of loose rocks falling to the ground, and we realized it was climbing up the rock face. And as we realized this together, the sound had already stopped and I remember we were both staring down at the point where the rock face joined the grassy bank. A figure was there, moving stealthily towards us through the grass. In an instant, it was like a spell had been broken. We both turned and we jumped about eight feet into the field below. We both hit the ground hard and for a second, a horrible second, I thought my legs would buckle and I'd be left there alone but somehow I managed to stay up, and then I was off running. I looked around while still in the field, but nothing was behind us. We ran most of the way through the Broomhill estate. What the hell was that? Christian added, We went back the next day, during daylight, and stared in disbelief at what it had climbed up. The rock face was really steep, about 30 foot high, covered in shale. And this figure climbed it in about three seconds with ease. And then there was the way it moved. It was very fast and stealthy. In that respect, it was more like an animal. We didn't see it again that night, but further visits did give us another look at this thing. Days had gone past since our first encounter with it. We discussed it at great length what it could have been. We decided to go back in the dark, but not so late at night this time and we'd have something with us for protection. My granny was sadly no longer with us, used to live about half a mile from the quarry. Lee and I got ready at her house. We were going prepared this time. I had a BSA air rifle, which was underslung with a big 3D cell torch. Not exactly a 12 gauge, I know, but it felt good to have it as we climbed over my Gran's garden wall and headed for the quarry once again. The night was still, and it was quiet as we walked across the fields. We arrived at the quarry about 9.30. We made our way back along the ridge, just dropping back occasionally into the field due to brambles blocking the path. We didn't go down into the quarry this time, we just observed from the relative safety of the ridge. Nothing could be seen on the quarry floor and there was no noise either. We approached the area where we jumped down and we scanned below us. I had a rifle and a torch ready, but I hadn't used the torch much until now. I reached for the on button and as I did so Lee patted me hard on the shoulder. There! He said in a loud whisper. I followed his pointing and I could see something behind one of the large slabs of limestone. I could see it clearly, but I could only see part of it. It looked like the same thing, a dark figure with no features. It kind of had a mesmerising effect when I watched it. It was terrifying but at the same time fascinating. As I stared at the figure I could see it appeared to be watching us and its upper body was heaving like it was out of breath or gasping for air as if it had been running hard. Again as if a spell was broken I turned the torch on. The beam was very bright and it lit up the area well. And as I swung that rifle around towards the figure, I remember thinking, right, this is it. We're going to see what it is. And as the beam drew near the figure, the torch cut out. I frantically pressed the on and off button to no avail. I banged the torch from my palm. This didn't work either. The torch was just dead. And I had specifically put new batteries in for this night. My fear was reaching boiling point. The figure was still there. And could attack at any moment. I couldn't fire at something if I didn't know what it was, so I aimed at the rock it was behind. I indicated to Lee to run as soon as I fired. I didn't hesitate, I just fired the warning shot. I didn't wait for any consequences. I heard the pellet hit the rock, and that was it. We were off across the field, sprinting to my grand's house. After a hundred yards or so, we glanced back behind us. There was nothing there, there was nothing we could see. Upon getting safely to the house, I double-checked the torch and it came on. I flicked the switch on and off several times. It worked every time. What caused the malfunction? And was that figure the same one that we'd originally seen? This time it hadn't tried to approach us. Was this because it knew we had a weapon? In the coming weeks, we continued to visit the quarry, both during the day and at night. We would see just the figure sometime and only fleetingly. Once, whilst being chased by a large gang, we made our escape via a small path that led past Niner's quarry and out into the fields. We would just gone onto the path and as I ran I glanced to my right and the entrance to the quarry could be seen through the dark about a hundred yards away and I noticed a dark figure stood perfectly still near the entrance on the main path. It just looked sort of odd, it was kind of hunched over, had a weird pose. Didn't have any features that I could see. It was just black. I only saw it for a few seconds. We became obsessed with this creature. Obsessed with seeing this figure. We told one of our friends, Nick, he decided to come with us one night. It was about 10, 15 minute walk to the quarry. And that night was still in clear. About 9 pm. We decided this was time we'd go. On into the main entrance, just like we did on the original night when we first saw it. We walked down the path, and as we got closer to the quarry, the atmosphere sort of changed. It became more expectant, as if you knew something was going to happen, but you just didn't know what or when. And suddenly, there was a commotion of barking dogs coming from in front and to our right. Next to the main path on our right, there's a boundary fence of a house that has a large plot of land and the dogs belonged to that house. Occasionally they'd bark at passers-by. as we approached the entrance. We realised that they weren't barking at us. They'd gathered next to the fence where it bordered the quarry and they were barking eagerly at something hidden that we couldn't see that was in the bushes next to the fence. The dogs were going really mad. We went past the commotion and carefully walked a little bit into the quarry. The dogs were a bit more muffled now by the shrubs and the bushes. We were confused and curious as to what they were barking at, so we just stopped and stared towards the bushes. And what happened next was like a dream, it was very surreal. I remember hearing first the bushes moving, and then seeing the branches and even whole shrubs shaking and bending over, snapping, but not being able to see what was doing it was worse. Something was moving through the undergrowth rapidly towards us. And with the commotion it was making, it it had to be big. It had to be as large as a man. There was a barbed wire fence that bordered the bushes and separated that part of the quarry from the main path. As we all stood staring in a kind of fear and fascination, we were almost in a trance. As we stood there, the fence was hit by something, like someone had just run straight into it. You could hear the wire creaking and cracking under the strain and then an instant later it just stopped. Then I heard and felt something big and heavy dash past me very close. I didn't see anything, but I felt the ground at my feet shake as it went past. I spun around quickly to see nothing, there was nobody there. How could that be? We all stood in stunned silence, slowly coming to from our experience. We had no rational explanation for what happened that day and we still discuss it now. There is striking similarity between this thing we saw at the quarry and my other experience in Paul Deb. Back then we would see a dark figure which was almost predator like, it was very agile and seemingly had a supernatural ability. But there is a distance of around 45 miles between Nottingley and Paul. And of course, this sighting took place 13 years earlier. I wondered, Deb, could the sightings possibly be connected? On both occasions, we had the same strong feeling that it was playing with us. It could have done something to harm us at any time. We were at its mercy. But it chose not to. Is this proof of some kind of empathy? I think the boys encountered near me that night an electromagnetic entity with the power to manipulate energy to its advantage. The torch didn't work because the entity blocked it. The bullet from the gun would cause it no harm, even if fired at point blank. As these entities can direct or block the bullet, sometimes even absorbing the bullets within themselves, they can manipulate their surroundings, how and when we see them and even how they appear to us. They will mostly appear in a way that will create the reaction it wants, depending on its agenda. How many times have you heard of people hitting, throwing or shooting at a being that terrifies them and it doesn't even make a dent? In the US and Canada, people open fire on cryptids and they have high powered rifles and they're not nowhere near enough have enough power to take them down. Nothing affects them and avoiding them is pointless. They can track and find you by your very scent. I notice this figure at the quarry appears often when the boys are scared or have a hyped emotional reaction. On a night when the boys were chased by a gang of other kids, the figure appeared on the path. Was this an easy meal for it? You know, youths full of anger, fear and angst, running almost to its table. Or was it watching over the boys in a protective manner? This was not the first time the boys had been scared witless. One night in the car in Paul Yorkshire they were approached by an invisible figure that made it almost up to the car. They could see its prints forming in the snow. For weeks prior it had hinted at its presence and scared their dog a number of times and it would watch them from the farm lane. I don't think distance or time frame comes into play in these places. I think it is the individual themselves who are the draw, not the area. Moving between dimensions at will, it is impossible to pin down these entities, but we can recognise some of the habits. They come at times of loss, stress or fear. They attach to a human host and they plague them for years, sometimes even decades. What is it about the individual that attracts the AMA? Is it something in their bloodline? Their genetic DNA? Is the electromagnetic entity picking victims from the time that they are born? Or even before they conceived? If you heard the interview with Steve from Heath Hayes, you saw a strange being close to the canal, he also tried to use his torch to light it up and the battery failed every time, yet when he was at home, it was fine. It then followed him home from a visit to Canop, and also to the home of his daughter. When he was chatting with me, he explained about his son, and his son's friends, who were confronted by something violently shaking the trees and bushes, just like happened to Christian when they were younger. Those boys could hear it, but not see it. I think this is another case where the activity runs down the generations, I know so many families like this, they are not as rare as society would have you believe, I don't have the answer to the questions that our witnesses ask or a quick solution to change what is happening, it sounds very inept but the only way to beat an entity like this is to take away what it desires, take away why it wants you. If fear is how they are feeding on a host, then removing that fear is like removing food from a cupboard where a hungry mouse will visit, mice rarely stay where there is no food. Presenting these entities with the opposite of what they require can shut them down and it can end the attachment for good. It takes a lot of time, will and effort to accomplish this as beating the thing you fear is probably your hardest fight in life. Let's look at some of the patterns in tonight's cases. In each of our cases the witnesses were male. They were stalked by something they could hear but not see. They were all young in the prime. I think Christian described the entity at nine as Quarry and Paul as predator-like. It could be sensed, heard and felt but not seen. The entity was around at times of fear, confusion and stress. Something about these men attracted it for a reason only known to it. Each of our witnesses have also encountered other unexplained activity, other periods in their lives. These guys are experiences. Is that the pull? Is their energy different from your average human? Do they have abilities that are needed or wanted by these beings? There are many questions they have raised themselves no doubt. Questions I've asked myself so many times. Don't get me wrong, in lots of cases, the experiences are also female. But that brings with it a whole host of other problems, fear levels, attack techniques and questions. And I think that subjects deserve a podcast of its own. As we go into 2023, you will no doubt have already realized that things have changed quickly over the last few years. Sightings of cryptid creatures and other beings are dramatically on the increase. UFO reports are now being discussed almost blasé as they are shared by our military and our governments at an alarming rate. Paranormal and supernatural activity has also increased alarmingly. Thousands of people are experiencing attachments of all kinds. A change is coming and one we need to get ready for. A fight, as you will, between good and evil. We've reached a tipping point where it is impossible to hide the truth and deceive the public. The powers that be no longer hold the reins to our futures. We're not shackled. We're not blinkered. More and more people are aware of this and share this with as many people as they can. I can see their frustration when people refuse to listen. You know, when our warnings fall on deaf ears. Now, this is going to sound ruthless to some, but I'm not here to gently wake up people like a sleeping kitten. I'm here to find the roaring lions as the tide turns. It doesn't take a whole forest to start a fire. Just one tiny ember. Be that ember. If you've experienced something impossible, now is the time to share. You may hold vital information that helps us in this fight. Something you noticed, knew or felt could give us a clue into habits and behaviours. You can profile and expose a predator when you know its daily patterns, what it wants, what it needs. Thank you to my listeners old and new who have tuned into my podcast over 2022. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you have enjoyed the content I've shared, please consider making a donation to help the channel grow. You will find links in the description below. There are also links to other social media and podcasting sites where you'll find exclusive content and updates on cases. Please like, share or subscribe. This really helps the channel. I'll be back next year with a whole host of new reports, interviews and evidence finds. Enjoy the return of spring and I wish you all a blessed hog money. Until next time, good night.